Welcome to the John Chapman Show, where we talk about the path of a wealthy millennial, uncovering the truth about building and protecting your nest egg. Join us on this journey as we hear the stories of millennials and mentors alike to help you plan, manage, and protect your wealth. John is an employee of Worth Point LLC. All opinions expressed by John and podcast guests are solely their own opinion and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Worth Point. This podcast should not be relied upon for investment decisions and is for informational purposes only. Too much to do and too little time. What's up, everyone? John Chapman here for the podcast. Today, we had Alexis Hasselberger, who is a time management and productivity coach. There is so much that we covered today. I absolutely loved it, so much so that I I think we'll probably have Alexis on back in the not-too-distant future. But if you're struggling with distractions, knowing how much time to work on projects and how much time to take for breaks, today is a must-listen-to episode. I'm pumped. Sit back and settle up and uh, enjoy this episode with Alexis Hasselberger. Alexis Hasselberger, thanks for joining me on the podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk. You are a time management and productivity coach. <laughs> Who yeah. doesn't need that in our today's world of distractions and my cell phone going off 15 times before this, uh, before this, uh, before this podcast even started? So I feel like it's super relevant, and I'm really excited to talk with you today. I guess before we get into what your business looks like right now, talk to me a little bit about your early career and how you noticed some differences between you and coworkers and your ability to manage your time. Yeah. So I started out as, so I actually worked full-time through college. Um, and that was kind of the beginning, right? I worked full-time through college and I graduated in three and a half years as well. So I early on learned that I have to manage my time in a way that makes a lot of sense if I want to be able to be, you know, financially okay. And also to have a life at the end of the day, because it's very important to me to be able to have time for myself every day. Hmm. And so after, you know, working in college and things like that, I, my first jobs were in kind of office management, um, operations management, HR, and those sorts of things. And it just, it became really clear working at, you know, I, I grew up in kind of the startup environment in San Francisco, that people were used to working really long hours, but like, were they really working the whole time? You know, there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of tables and right. you know, like the, we have the internet, which is our, you know, of course, biggest distraction for everybody. Right. And so like, I would see people maybe working, but not working, right? And for me, I was like, I just want to get done as much as I can in this eight hour window. And then I want to go home and I don't want to think about work. Mm. Um, Like I don't want it to infiltrate all of my life. And so it became really important for me to just maximize the time that I had and focus while I was there and then be able to put it away and go do other things. One of the things that actually makes me think of, if I can, and I'm, I'm already going off on a tangent, but the identity. So it's like the identity of a person. Somehow there's a badge of honor for somebody who's first one in and last one to leave. And I feel like that's always been a little bit of a red flag for me because on the one hand, there are days where like work needs to get done and mm-hmm. it takes a lot of time. And then there are other days where someone can be efficient and accomplish something in a short amount of time and it doesn't require being the last one you know, in the office. And so I feel like there's a little bit of identity or badge. So. Uh, maybe we'll have to come back to that, but I'm curious of why that wasn't part of your identity earlier. Yeah, on. you know, it honestly, it might be that my parents were like federal government lifers. 
<laughs> and, and like my one of my mom's like earliest pieces of advice was never work more than 40 hours a week because then they will expect it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And okay. so it possibly comes from there. But also like I never felt like a strong tie. Like, like for me, it was always really important to do the best job that I can at anything I'm doing. Mm. But I didn't have a lot of stake in like, oh, I am an X or I am a Y. Like my sure. job was never like very synonymous with who I am as a yeah. person. Yeah. And so I didn't really feel that like that need to be like, well, I'm, you know, the best HR person ever. And I work all the time. Like, because the reality is you're best at your work when you have time off right? Mm -hmm. Like we're not, when we're working 16 hours a day, we're not actually very effective. I think they, I think the studies show that after like about six or, you know, six hours or so, people are just not that effective. Like you got about six hours of focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Do you have any fun stories that you can think back on of times when you really saw the contrast or differences, maybe employees that were around you? When did you start to say, like maybe move from a back seat to a front seat and like maybe even help encourage or teach some of your coworkers early in your career? Yeah. So I was always like, I, you know, I've had my own evolution of like task management systems, right? Okay. Starting of like when I was in college, I would literally write on the back of my hand with a ballpoint pen, what my to-dos <laughs> were, right? It would That's have taxes there for like months, you know? And then, you know, at a certain point I switched to paper and then at a certain point I, things got too big and I switched to Excel. And so I, you know, I remember working at a company several years ago where we were switching um, to using Salesforce and they said, hey, Alexis, can you, like, you're really on top of tasks. Can you create within Salesforce a task management system that works? Cool. Okay, good experience. So I, so I, I was like, yes, and I'm going to make it exactly how my mind works, right? <laughs> and so, like, I, I built that for them. And I was always kind of, you know, people would ask me to do the things that kind of streamlined stuff. So, for instance, I would, like, build out, you know, maybe I worked was doing the customer service for a company that I was working for, and I would build out all the templatized responses so that people could not have to rewrite, you know, the same thing over and over again. And so I think, like, over the course of, my, you know, looking backwards, it's, like, 2020, right? But okay. over, the t over time, I was like, oh, people are just asking me to do more of the stuff that is streamlining things for everybody else. Okay. And then, you know, at a certain point, I think it was even my last job before I started my business. My one, my boss that I had worked with for a long time was like, "Hey, do you think you could just do a productivity workshop for everybody at our company?" Mm, cool. And I was like, "Definitely! Like that is my favorite thing to do." Oh, you know, so cool. I feel like I was like helping people along the way with these things on an individual basis, and then other people started saying like, "Hey, can you just do this on a more massive scale for yeah. us?" I got you. Now, you know, for something like uh, my profession, financial planning, we've got uh, degrees and courses and certifications to go through, just like, uh, you know, other forms of professional services. But I'm not familiar with what type of educational resources you might have available to you during this process. So how much were you learning by reading books or going to other professionals versus just learning by doing in, you know, early on? I would say it's it was like 70% learning by doing mm. and 30% just like I'm a total nerd. So I read a lot of books or, you know, like I, I read Getting Things Done like 20, you know, like 15 years ago or something. And that really had an impact on me. Mm. And, you know, I like I am very interested in habits and habit building. And so like, you know, Power of Habit and all these types of books. But I also read a lot just online and things like that. So I wouldn't. Yeah, I think you're right. Like there's no time management 
certification course that I'm aware of, right? <laughs> um, but I've built my own curriculum that I use with my clients that is based on sort of everything that I have learned over the last, over my whole career, basically. Okay, gotcha. Well, maybe that's a good segue. So talk to me at the point in which you really decided like, wow, I instead of being really good at a company, because you could be anywhere from like the next hottest startup to a major company like a Salesforce, as an example, because all of these organizations need people like you. So mm -hmm. at what point did you feel like this made sense for you to actually be an entrepreneur and, and carve out your own space uh, for this to be your business? Yeah. So I think that, so the last startup I worked for, it, we, you know, we ended up shutting it down as, you know, most startups, that's, that's what happens in most startups. Right. Yeah. And so at that point I had really been thinking about the time management and the productivity side as it was the most impactful thing that I had been doing for other cool. people. Like I was like starting that. to get, you know, emails from people about how I had helped them with certain things, et cetera. And also it's the most fun for me. Like I'm, you know, as I mentioned, I'm a huge systems person okay. and I really geek out on all of this stuff. So I just started thinking like, one, I don't know of any jobs that are specifically that, okay, right? Fair. Like it's not Good something point. that I really see like somebody being like, I need to hire a time management expert for my company. Yeah. But it's also something that I felt was really impactful to other people. And so I just started thinking about like, how can I how can I bring this to people? How can I help other people to be able to get everything done, but without the stress and still have time for themselves? And I also, I mean, quite honestly, I started, I had had an amazing boss at two companies. Like he had brought me along to another company and I'd oh, worked cool. with him for like 10 years. Cool. And the thought of trying to now go get another job and like prove myself all over again mm, was just totally. so distasteful to me <laughs> that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go see if I can make this happen on my own because I just couldn't fathom working for someone else anymore. And that's really like, that's kind of the, I don't know, maybe the dirty truth of it. I was just like, I just don't think I can work for someone again. Yeah. Um, so at least I'm going to give it a go and see if I can work for myself. <laughs> Good for you. I love that. I want to come back a little bit to the entrepreneur side and working on your business versus working in your business. But let's talk about in your business right now, because you said some important things like the most impactful thing was actually doing some of this productivity training or courses. So maybe we can go to some of your recent blogs or just some of like your most favorite content. If you're taking on a new person, maybe first just describe what that, what that, do you see it as like a co coach or consultant, what that relationship looks like? And then how do you start to assess where somebody is so that you can go in there and, and mix things up? So what's the relationship like? And then where do you start? Yeah. So I do, in my business, I do a I have a couple of buckets. So I have individual coaching, I have group coaching, and then I have corporate workshops. So I'll come into a company and do things. So cool. in the corporate workshops, those are pretty, you know, there, there's some flexibility, but I have some standard workshops that I do for companies. Cool. With an individual, uh, I have a curriculum that I've built out. I have a, a four-month coaching program cool. that I have built out. And I take pretty much all of my clients through this program, no matter what stage they come to me at. Because the way that it works is I start from a position of, uh, let's know you better exactly as you are. Yes. Because it is much easier to build systems around who you are than yes. it is to say like, hey, just go fit in this box over here that I have set up for you. Great point. Right? And so we first figure out who they are. And then that helps me determine which strategies I think are going to work well. Is that personality testing or what's the best way to assess that? Yeah. So there's a few different, so there's several different traits that I've identified as being mm -hmm. related to your, uh, your productivity. So okay. there is, you know, how do we handle internal and external expectations? There's mm -hmm. like our chronotype, you know, are we a morning person or a night person or, you know, mm -hmm. when do we have the most energy? So like, what are our patterns in terms of energy? Uh, there is, you know, are we a 
you're an introvert, right? This is gonna like an introvert is a great person to be working from home. An extrovert is not a great person to be working from home, right? Like yes. there's a little like and like how do you modulate your meetings to affect things like that? So there's a number great. of things that we great. go through. I love that. Okay. Um, that help people kind of see see themselves for who they are and not feel bad about it, right? Yes. Like I am a I am a total night person. Like I have waking up is the hardest part of my day every single day. This morning I had a client at I work from home. I had a client that started at 8 a.m. At 7:45, I was still in bed. Like, oh, that's you know, hilarious. <laughs> like I am a night person. So I know, like, you know, if I were I'm working with a night person, I'm not gonna tell them, well, wake up earlier than your kids so you can exercise. Like that is never gonna work. And it's just gonna make that. them feel bad. That's right? so much more tailored because that right. that's the that's the go-to response that you see right. on Instagram. Wake up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. And so we start from that position and then we move into, so we follow kind of a standard path, but cool. different strategies and techniques. So we'll, we'll dive into task management and planning and prioritization, and then we'll get into habit building, and then we'll get into efficiency techniques and focus techniques. So that by the end of this four-month program, people have a working personalized productivity system for who they are right now, but they also have learned a whole lot of underlying skills and strategies such that when their life inevitably changes again, because yes. it will, yes. they're able to rejigger their systems to meet the new needs. I feel like I would just want to pick up on that because I, I really want you to maybe give an example to the best you can still by being, um, you know, confidential, but of, mm -hmm. of a recent client or individual that you've worked with and maybe one or two changes that you've helped implement. But I think one big concern that I feel like I have and maybe listeners do too, is just worried about how rigid or not are these systems. Like I, my, mm -hmm. someone can walk through my door in just a moment, or I have a, a customer that's calling me and how do I adapt for that? So I guess um, maybe first time, Talk me through like a, a recent example and then and then help us explain how we can change our perspective to making sure that like systems aren't super rigid and there's still a way for us to get stuff done. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I completely like I think systems can't be rigid, right? They have to be flexible because yeah. we live in the real world. Yeah. Like I we can't say like I am not a person that's going to be like, hey, let's schedule out your day and then you're going to just stick to that thing mm, because that doesn't point. work for anyone. Right. Good point. Okay. Um, what I so like a recent example or you know, a kind of common example that I'll have sure. is I get I have a lot of clients who are in the tech world and a lot of people who are like engineering directors at very large tech companies and okay. things like that. And they will come to me and sometimes sometimes they come to me and we look at how many meetings they have per week and things like that. Sometimes they come to me and they have 40 hours of meetings a week, plus they're getting 300 emails a day. And they're like, and I have no time. And I'm like, yes, you have no time, right? So, so some of it is that, and that's not even a joke, right? Like they, they have more time than a full-time job allocated to meetings, right? So that we will- That my mind. Right, right. It's, it's crazy, but it's, it's actually more common than you would think, right? And so in these cases, like we really have to work with, one, what are the actual constraints that they have, right? So we'll look at, say, their meetings and say, okay, so you're having- a bunch of skip level one-on-ones, right? I think we probably can remove those. We, okay. we can just have one-on-ones with your direct reports. And then if you need to still be available for your skip level reports, then let's set up maybe a couple of hours a week where they can do office hours with you if okay. they want. To. So that we're at least, let's get these 17 meetings off your plate right, Amazing. right now. Amazing. Or let's say, okay, you have the standard meeting and it's an hour. Could we switch it to half an hour? Right. Like thinking about things like that and then and saying, like, how do we build some extra space? In, right. Then thinking about, OK, so you're getting 300 emails also a day. 
how many of these can we just filter out, right? Yeah. How many of these can we unsubscribe from? Yeah. Uh, how are we actually tackling them? And how do we get you into a position where you don't have a rigid time that you're checking email every day, but Ooh. that you're processing email three to four times a day instead of in between every single thing that you're doing. Okay, right? that's great. And so yeah. like, I'll, you know, I'll talk people through the specifics of their own uh, environment essentially yes, great. so that we can both create a bit more time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that when I talk about systems, it's like, okay, how are we handling tasks? Like when you get a task, what are you doing with that? Yeah. Does it live in your head? Does it live in a plate? You know, like, does it go on a post? Like <laughs> a lot, and lots of times people, they have no system or a system that they have like set up at one point and then completely abandoned. Right. So let's talk about that because I'll be possibly deep into like, say for my, you know, a task that I don't necessarily love is I take really, really detailed notes after every client interaction for one, just to remember, but also just to make sure that we're covered and I'm acting in a fiduciary way in case right. it needs to come up later. And so I, I have, you know, small books after every conversation. And mm -hmm. sometimes in the middle of this deep, intense note taking, I'll just have like this thought that pops into my head. It's mm -hmm. like, what do I do with this? I'm juggling now all of these thoughts. So so, right. you know, using that as an example, what are some yeah. of the things that one can do, you know, with that distraction? So I like, I think that this is such a common thing, right? It's like we get a distraction, then we go like click on a tab and then we're like researching that thing. And then we're, you know, like it's been 20 minutes and we're not doing the thing that we were originally doing now. And so I actually think that I, like you, keep a pad of paper next to me. Uh, and when I, you know, when I'm in with a client and I have a thought about, oh, I need to file my taxes or whatever it is, right? I will just jot that down on my notepad and I'll put like a little checkbox next to it so that I know this is not a note, this is a to-do item. Mm. And then when I'm done with the call, I will add that into my task system, right? Okay. Or if it was like just a one-off thing where it was like, oh, I need to follow up with so-and-so, then after the call, I will then just do that two-minute task, right? Okay. But I think for me, I, what I, one thing that I teach all of my clients is how do we have a single trusted system? So one place where all of our tasks go, mm. regardless of their origins, Okay. because when we're getting tasks, when we have email, you know, tasks in our email and we're getting voicemails and we have Slack and we also have a bunch of post-its around our desk and we have our notebook. Post-its. Yeah. Right? It's like, <laughs> it's impossible to prioritize and we always feel like we're missing something. Okay. And so I, I my, the method of task management that I teach is kind of platform or system agnostic. Like I don't care which app you use or whether oh, okay. you use a spreadsheet or okay. whatever. Yep. It doesn't matter as long as we have like a process in place to capture those things, prioritize them, do them, and then document them. Okay. Say that. So say those items back again, because I think that's super important, especially for those that are listening on audio, maybe driving or something. So what, yeah. are, what are those uh, steps that you just said? Yeah. So the four components of any system are capture. So get all the stuff, right? Prioritize. When are we going to do the stuff? Actually do the stuff. Act, right? I think like people are so good at writing lists. But how good are we at doing the stuff on the list, right? And then finally, the last step is document, which is, you know, something that you and I may do, you know, you do as a fiduciary. But I think that often people are not documenting, oh, I called this person on this day, or, you know, I sent the proposal on this day. And that's very important, actually, because if you're not taking that 10 second step of documenting what you've done and when, then you spend a whole lot of time being like, wait, did I send that proposal out? When did I send it out? Let me go check my email and see when I sent it. At least we spend a lot of time reiterating on this stuff, mm. uh, where if we just spend 10 seconds to document it in the moment, we don't yeah. have to.
That's great. That's great. Um, I want to touch on just what we had spoke about earlier a little bit, which is under like building in flexibility for a system. So, you know, let's say that, uh, you know, you're working on building a new task system uh, or working out on building a new calendar system. So they have, you know, someone has less meetings. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what are some ways for people to still accomplish what they need to, but be flexible for the one-offs, whatever that may be? Yeah. So I think part of it is really like, I call it task realism, right? It's like, how much time do you actually have? And then what can you actually accomplish during that time? Okay. So for instance, a lot of people will be like, well, I work eight hours. So I have eight hours to get stuff done. Right. Where it's like, okay, well you say you work eight hours, but how many meetings do you have that day? Okay. Three, one hour meetings. So now there's five hours, but also how much time does it take you to answer email every day? Maybe like an hour and a half. So now you actually have three and a half hours, right? So what are you getting done in that three and a half hours now that we've accounted for the other time? And then also leave some buffer, right? Because yeah. you know somebody's going to knock on your door or call you or, you know, something is going to happen that is going to that is going to require you to have a little extra buffer. So you want to really only assign yourself things to do on the days when you can actually do them. Like, for instance, for me, I, my days are all different, right? I have different clients. I have, you know, some days I'm doing workshops. Some days I, you know, Mondays I don't have any meetings. Like, it's all different. Tomorrow on Thursdays, I typically have back-to-back -back clients from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Mm. And so I don't assign myself anything to do on Thursday yeah. Yeah. because I'm not going to be able to do it, right? Yeah. Like at best, I'll be able to check my email. I, totally. I love, I love the idea of task realism. And, um, and I'll just totally admit, like, sometimes I, I just, it's like my, my, my stomach being more uh, hungry than I actually am or something like that, or while, you know, walking into a grocery store hungry. Yeah. And I feel like there's a little bit of just honesty that needs to take place with, I probably won't be able to get done as much as I might think that I, I should, or I need to. Something you said to me, which I found appealing on a previous conversation too, was not saying that, um, you know, time management uh, is, is not necessarily going to help you get more done. It's just going to help you prioritize like the more important things. And yeah. I feel like that was a big takeaway because I was expecting that I was going to be able to do 50 hours of work in 40 hours, but that might not be realistic. Yeah. So. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. You might, you might be able to gain an extra 10 hours, right? Like that's first, you know, that's definitely true, but I think you're totally right. And you know, that's what I say all the time is like, we are going to die with a big long list of stuff we didn't do. And that is okay. Like that is not, to me, that's not morbid. That's just reality, right? We're ambitious people and we want to get a lot of stuff done. And so for me, like success in life and your day and whatever is just knowing that the stuff you got done today was more important than the stuff you didn't get done. Because <laughs> there's yeah. always going to be more, right? It's always. like people yeah. that are workaholics. It's like, yeah, I could work until 11 PM every day too, but mm -hmm. there would still be a full day's work me tomorrow no matter you know you're never gonna get like you're never gonna finish your to-do list right totally. so we might as well enjoy the process oh that's so good that's so good well that that, that resonates and I, I hope for the listeners are getting a lot out of that and seeing understanding that in their own situation i, I have there's there's we're, we're coming up on time but there's so much that i want to get to maybe one of the things in light of what you were just saying is having a realistic expectation on taking breaks you had a really good blog recently that said something about effect of uh you know productive people take how many breaks so <laughs> uh, explain to us like what's a realistic amount of breaks breaks to take or, or maybe time spent focusing and then a realistic amount of time uh, to take taking a break and then not like feeling guilty about it. 
Yeah. So I think, yeah, breaks are super important. Break, studies show that breaks of any length have been proven to increase productivity and creativity. So it's actually really important that we be able to step away from whatever we're doing. There's also a study that shows that the most productive people, I don't know exactly how they're defining that, but take work for on average of about 53 minutes before taking a 17 minute break, which seems 17 insane. minute right? break. Right, seems totally nuts. But, I and so like, I have never been able to actually, like, I don't think I'm there yet. Like, that's what I aspire to be. <laughs> All right, that's what the I, Like, what I think is more realistic for most people is like, when you get to the end of a work block, so maybe that just means like the end of your attention span, right? Like maybe yep. you've done 45 minutes and now you're feeling a little restless. Okay. Take a mindful 10 minute break. Like say, I am gonna go walk around the block or go get a coffee or rest my eyes or do some stretches. Or, you know, I work from home. So I, I take what I call productive breaks a lot where I will like put on a podcast and go switch out the laundry or, you know, unload the dishwasher or whatever Good. for five yeah. or 10 minutes. Cool. I think that the reality around breaks is that most of the time we feel bad about the breaks we're taking because they're unintentional. Like okay. we found ourselves on Reddit, you know, like we were <laughs> working. Great. Oh no, why did I end up here like, again? How did I get here? It's been 45 minutes. Oh my God, now I have to go work. But it didn't really feel like a break because it wasn't intentional and you just feel guilty about it, mm. right? I think what you can do is think about for yourself, what, um, what are the types of breaks that really refuel you? right? So is it getting up and moving your body a little bit? Is it reading one of those articles that is open in the 50 tabs on your browser? Uh, yeah, is it, you know, and I'm not immune to that either. Is it spending 10 minutes on social media, but time blocking it at 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Saying, I'm just going to do this for 10 minutes. Yeah. Those types, like whatever is, you know, one of, one of my clients said, for me, it's watching cat videos. I need to watch cat videos, every, you know, it's like, whatever, right? Like we all have the different thing that is helpful for us to kind of reset our minds, mm. um, but doing it really intentionally. So I usually tell people that anytime they're feeling a little restless, like they're about to, you know, embark on an unintentional break, just take an intentional five or 10 minute break, and cool. then you'll come back more refocused. Cool. I love it. This is awesome information, Alexis, and I'm totally eating it up. And for listeners that want to learn more about your services specifically, and also any of your content, what's the best way to get in touch with any of your information? Yeah. So my website is the best place to find me. You can you know, contact me there, learn more about what I provide. It's alexishasselberger.com. So I hope you'll put that in the show notes because no one yes. will be able to spell it. Oh, great, great. Um, and then I also have, uh, if you go to my website, there is a, a distraction minimization action plan that you can mm. download. It's mm. a free download. And this is five minutes of your life that I swear will save you hours a week to be able to reduce some of those distractions. Wow, that's super cool. All right, I love it. So alexishasselberger.com. I'll put information in the show notes. Alexis, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a total pleasure. And maybe at a different time, I want to hear more about your entrepreneurial journey and working on your business. And yeah. that could be a time a conversation for another time. So thanks for your time and hope you have a great day. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Thanks for tuning in to The John Chapman Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We encourage your questions, comments, and feedback. For additional information, check out thejohnchapmanshow.com or look for John on LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next week.